0: Today's interview is with Sean D'Souza, and I have to say straight up, this has been a real education for me in the best possible way. I feel like I'm quite ignorant in um in this space of exploring identity when it comes to gender and sexuality. As a straight white woman, I have a lot of privilege in this world and a little bit of ignorance. So I wanted to check that and dive into a conversation with Sean. After they told me, this this is in their own words, they are a non-binary, bisexual, patriarchy-smashing person of colour and a migrant from India. Wow. I was just like, oh, my God, please, let's hook up this conversation. This is something that I really want to explore, and this conversation covers things like art as a form of protest. We do take a dive into privilege and how to recognise it within ourselves. We explore creativity as a way to bring together minorities and to create community, and we explore identity and what that means. I think you're really going to dig this interview. For me, it's been, um, like I said, really educational. There were just things that I didn't know, and I want to understand. I want to understand. I want to share these voices far and wide because it is really important that we don't put the minorities into the too hard basket. Before we dive in, I want to invite you to go and check out the show notes because there will be some extra resources if you're looking to educate yourself, and you'll find those at carlynimo.com. And if this is your first time around, welcome. Please, if you're loving the conversation, hit subscribe. I have a great back catalogue of amazing guests and some really great stuff coming in the pipelines. So may I introduce to you the absolutely incredible De D'Souza. Multim- Beast- Creativity Self-expression and feelings Creativity Self-expression and feelings Make
1: some noise make 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 some It's a podcast Okay get yeah, to it Hello, my name is Sean DeSouza. I'm a youth worker. I'm an LGBTIQ AP plus artivist. Um, I'm a storyteller and I'm based in Brisbane.
0: So artivist, talk to me about that term. I mean, Mm. there's a lot of terms there, right? (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. There there is a lot of terms there. So I'm also trans, non-binary, person of colour, migrant, bisexual. These are also terms that you're more than welcome to ask me questions on, especially I have I have also come to realize, um, and going on my first tangent here, that with your identity, I guess the more number of intersections that you have, suddenly it becomes more isolating for you and it's it's complicated. Trying to understand yourself mm. from this place of safety is where artivism comes from for me, in that to me, activism is about creating opportunities for activism through art, I and the way I work with it is that people from minority groups or minority identities have the right to take space and the right to privilege that, you know, I guess people in power, people with certain privilege have. I think that's, that's the premise from which I start um, with respect to creating art. And that could be, for me personally, that could be through spoken word that I perform from time to time. That could be through um, written prose, uh, through photography, through creating videos, through encouraging people who have knowledge, who have culture, who have art. To uh, provide them with the space to cultivate, protect, and share that.
0: And do do you feel like art has given you? You know, before you had mentioned that all like having all of these layers to who you are in the in the labels, I guess, or the 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 non labels. What mm. do you feel like art has had a place in you finding? your own identity? You mentioned before that, like, it is quite complex mm. to know who you are when you're, like, so many things.
1: I think, and, and at the cost of sounding extra radical here, I think everybody is a work of art um, in, their own, in their own right. And I think, you know, everyone has a way of presenting, everyone has a way of speaking, everyone has gestures, everyone has the way they like with what they do and what you know what they what like working towards their purpose or whatever, I think every single person is a piece of work is a masterpiece you know And when I say piece of work i don't I don't mean it in the general sense of, <laughs> you're, you're a piece of work, work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, no none of that, so I think you know speaking and speaking for on like for myself really i grew up in India and I've been in Australia for the last three and a half years and certainly India is a lot of cultures but even going beyond that I guess faith and culture plays a huge role in I guess everything that India is so I grew up with so I was raised Catholic um, I had a lot of Hindu influences my mother could read or quote the Bhagavad Gita and the Ramayana, as well as, you know, she knew the Bible. Every second person I knew was Muslim. So so if you, if you had to ask me what, if I had a faith or if I had a religion, it's it's hard for me to pinpoint it because all, all of these faiths have contributed to so much of my identity in that, for example, Urdu poetry, um, which is, a language um, that, it, that is spoken by the Muslim Islamic community in India. It's possibly the most beautiful thing that I've, you know, that anyone ever potentially has heard or read because Urdu has roots from Arabic. I would double check that, but as far as I'm sure it does, <laughs> and, you know, the language and I guess the style and, and, and you know, it has a lot of respect and grace which those uh, like poetry in that language is written. I use that in my poetry, not necessarily the language, but I think that the the style of presenting poetry, there is a lot of aesthetics within the Hindu community that I observed in my mother, especially in the way she dressed. So although uh, Catholicism in India, according to my observation, at least, has a lot of, I guess, influences from the Catholic Church, which is, more or less Western, the way people, um, in terms of dressing, it it is still very much, I guess, Indian, in a sense, and not like it, It's different to I guess Western style of dressing. So um, I observe, you know, a lot of ways in which my mom or the style she had with with the clothing she wore, and I think that's the kind of clothing. I want to wear or I wear, and I think that's how I guess my ethnic or national identity ties into my gender of being non-binary or being trans.
0: Yeah, so identity is an interesting concept really, isn't it? Particularly when, um, like, you know, you just mentioned that you, like being in India and being in what feels like it would have been almost like a melting pot of different cultures and different religions within a, a a culture, like from the outside. As an Australian, you look at India and you see one culture, not necessarily a mixture of different types of culture. Um, mm. And then within each culture, there's like a, a sense of identity too. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like such an, in- I find it so fascinating to like, because it sounds like, when it comes to identity, there are so many aspects, and it's so um, diverse and rich, which just I mean it makes for a hell of a story. <laughs> but also what I imagine a very colorful kind of life, right?
1: um yes, I mean it, it, as far as i mean as far as color in a literal sense goes, yes, definitely, but I think if you take India in itself, I think. For whatever reason you know culture has existed in india it has in the current state it 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 has gone hand in hand with oppression mm. um mm. with um with colonialism with you know and and everything that systemic forms of oppression brings about so India is a melting point in and in the most respectful sense, i think it is with you know the the mix and match of color and culture and diversity, it is a it is a beautiful
0: mess. Okay, so life in India, like how how is it for you to be like LGBTQI? How is it for you to be that identity with mm. and 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 trans and non-binary? How is mm-hmm. it for you to be that identity in that environment? Is it possible or is it like? you know high levels of oppression in in that sense was that a part of the decision for you to come to australia did you feel like there would be more freedom for you here or what was the what was the de- deciding factors around that how did you come to be you know happily living in brisbane for the most part
1: so with respect to my sexuality i had no idea until i was 19 at least with my gender, I guess I have had an idea. I think, I guess, for the like the whole of my life. So, uh, I think deep down, I knew that it was unsafe for me to come out. So, but only once I did move to Australia, I think um, I'm happy. But I, I, still, I like it's still obviously not like I don't feel safe because you know it's it's a different think there's good and there's there's positives and naked like pros and cons of like I think living both in India and living in australia, I guess obviously Australia has so much that I don't know I, I struggle because i think I mean people typically expect Australia to be progressive, but mm. it and it and it, it is in in like in you some know, respects if you, if you, yeah in some respects, but then I also like struggle daily really and I, and then like it's really made me think lately about how um what you consider as a first world nation and it really thinking about what makes it first world and but how it can still remain backwards you know yeah it's basically i feel like
0: it's often um you know the first world piece is about the uh economics not necessarily you know the um the acceptance and the Mm. Uh, Compassion—that's not necessarily mm. a first world. In fact, like if you have a look at a lot of the first world countries, they're not—they're not—they um, are really backwards in in a lot of different ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing as well is right—it's tricky because for most part, I wish I was I, I I was living in India because, like I mentioned earlier, there is so many different cultures and languages. I guess, experiences of so many different diversities that I've lived with for like 20 years of my life, essentially, right? And I guess what I struggle right now is to find the language for it. Mm. Although English, English, so English is my fourth language, but it's also the language that I communicate majority, in the majority at the moment. But there's different experiences, different parts of my identity that I know are in different languages, but I don't know the words to it. And I think that is a kind of an artistic block I have. And at the same time, I also acknowledge that I'm still in the formative years of like figuring out who I am. And it's funny because at 23, it's like I've never felt more vulnerable and as like, like, like childlike, really. It's, um, in, in with respect to you know being out here on my own, uh, being out, being visibly queer, but at the same time, knowing that I don't fully understand every aspect of my identity,
0: yeah. And I think that that's like an important point, right? Because I feel like a lot of us spend a, a lot of our lives searching for that piece where we do kind of know ourselves and. You know, I'm 42 this year and still very much in the infancy of figuring it out, whatever it is, right? Like it's, I feel like our, our truth as a human being is in a constant state of flux and what mm. is true for us in one day can be, um, not at all true the next. And who we are is also constantly changing and evolving from the day we were born till the day we die and maybe beyond. Who knows? So maybe into the next lifetime, who, who knows? So, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like that's a really important piece because so often it's like that, that needing to know can also become like a destination where we feel like, you know, once we get there, we'll have our shit together. And, uh, and I don't know that anyone ever has all their shit Mm -hmm. together. You know, (laughs) there's always another layer, another, another piece to be explored.
1: I think it's, I think, it's often a struggle between how much of your shit you have together versus yeah. how much you're okay with it not being together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, 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 because sometimes it doesn't matter.
0: Oh, you know? absolutely. We can, and,
1: we, and we have examples of people who just live extremely different lifestyles and are fine with it. And then there's people who have it all apparently together but mm, yeah. like a dying unhappy. on the inside
0: yeah totally and i loved um before you referred to um india as like a beautiful mess and i feel like that's like and and i loved that analogy when we first started talking which is about humans as as art in and of themselves like their very nature makes them um, you know, a masterpiece. And I love that because it is, it's is—it's kind of like the two together, right? Like we are at all times a masterpiece. It's perfection when it comes to art. You know, it, our expression is, um, is completely unique and individual. And at all times, it's a beautiful mess, even if we're pretending we've got all our shit together, or we're like completely off the rails, no idea what the fuck is going on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I really love those two pieces about being a, you know, yeah, like a piece of art. And that that also takes you completely off the hook because then you don't have to actually be anything different or do anything different or create. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. just like it's a shameless place. You can just be who you are, yeah. whatever that is.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I, and I think about that so much, right, because essentially what it is is that if you had to look at yourself like how you would look at your favorite painting at at whatever gallery and how much love and respect would you give that piece of art you know how much would you acknowledge its uniqueness even though it's probably also in a rectangular frame probably also that it's it someone's using, used paint mm, to create one
0: it. medium yeah
1: yeah, you know, so like I feel I I think about this so much because I guess we are all humans essentially, which is you know is is a medium in a sense. You know, uh, this the cause of being sounding philosophical. I feel this is where our souls are at at the moment. You know, in the in in this flesh and bone structure, and and, and I love and I, and I think and I think so much about gender and sexuality because on one hand everyone has a sexuality Mm. you know
0: yeah
1: even if you're straight even if you're asexual and anywhere on the spectrum and everyone has a gender even if you if you identify with the gender you are born with or not or you know even the lack of gender is an identity or if you are in the middle of both genders or if you're not a part of that binary and it was interesting because a a project that I was working on a while ago and and the premise of it essentially is that everyone is a shade of color could be anything essentially the humankind makes up the rainbow Mm. because if all some shade of light or hue or color then And depending on what gender and what sexuality and ethnicity and experiences and trauma and aspirations and disappointments, all of it takes, all of it changes our colors because everything we experience essentially changes us as we go. Therefore, the color changes. And so whilst we're all a rainbow or, or whilst we are, you know, humankind is essentially a palette of Mm. billions and billions of colors, but also a changing kind of a palette, you know?
0: Yeah, I love it. It's kind of like, you know, uh, like I talk a lot about, I don't know, you know, you've got like the light and the dark and both have to exist, but within that lives all of the colors, you know, like it takes dark and light to create a rainbow. So between then, then you've got like all the different shades of rainbow in between there. And then, you know, if you say you identify with being like a light purple shade, but within you is also all of the other colors. There's like a rainbow within mm. you, and you're within a rainbow. Mm. You know, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm. <laughs> I love We're it.
1: All a spectrum.
0: Absolutely, and we all are a spectrum, right? Totally. Mm. Um, so what about, like, let's just talk about the art that you uh, create. Actually, I have a question about that, right? So were you have you always been a creative type? Even as a child in India, were you someone who, you know, wrote poetry and expressed yourself in similar ways to the way you do now? Or has it been an evolution?
1: Mm. I think for the first part of your question, I, I genuinely believe that all of us are creative people all of us are creative beings we i mean the fact that we are we have the capacity to think for ourselves to improvise um to manipulate um objects or whatever hopefully not people
0: <laughs> um
1: is creativity in action so i think everybody has everybody is creative and everybody has the capacity to be creative or rather everyone has on some level a capacity to be creative. I think obviously also checking my able-bodied privilege here. Have I always been creating art, however? I think, yes, I, I, I don't know because as, as far as I'm aware, I've, I think when you think of trauma, right, a lot of times art is the manifestation of coping with trauma or yes. um, it's the manifestation of, of, like you know, trauma. Res- I mean, you know, with, with respect to what what the trauma is for you or what your trauma is, because I've always been a wild child of the earth and as rebellious as they get, I've always looked for an escape. And I'm never. I don't really know still what that means, but I just know that it's it's always about getting away to some place. And with that respect, I think I've created art from a place every time I haven't felt like I can run away or, or I can escape. So I, I, I guess with that in mind, yes, I've always, I think created art, so I've always written poetry, but I did, I did kind of get some role model. I, both my parents um, are artists. In the sense that mom is an amazing mathematician, dad could like draw and sketch and paint and stuff. But they're all, they were both really good storytellers. And storytelling, in like, you know, the, I guess the mainstream idea of like, you know, essentially telling a story. But also, they both had the quality of, the telling bit of the story. So like they had the ability to like sit in a group of people and share things and speak up, for example. And I think both the speaking up bit and the idea of attaching something creative to it is is if you can if you can figure that out. That's something I think I I picked up from both mom and dad. And mom used to write us speeches for speech Telling competition back in, so back in Dombivoli, so the town where I was born, and both my brother and I. It's my brother's older than I am. Um, every time speech telling competition would come up in school, she would write like write us a speech on Jawaharlal Nehru or Mahatma Gandhi or Sarojini Naidu or whatever, or like keeping the planet green, and we would. We would just blindly memorize everything she has written and without even thinking, just go to school and, like, you know, narrate the speech without even, like, I, I don't know, like, I can't speak for my brother, but at least in my case, I would not even think. I would just speak it out and we would win. The wow. is- <laughs> so essentially, because we had a sense of gratification, I mean, I'm gonna speak on my experience. I just thought, okay, as long as just take what mom writes, it's gonna get me a winning game. And and soon I realized that I'll have to start writing my own material. Um and I think that was the shift of, you know, I guess that was quite positive in, in sense that I learned skills for public speaking, but I mixed that up with creating my own content as far as performing goes as far as spoken word poetry goes
0: and so with that spoken word stuff do you do you you like I mean I guess the there's well there's a couple of questions I've got around this so one is do you feel like art can then become a form of escapism to avoid the stuff that you're going through or do you feel like it is a um, a form of healthy expression to release and move through the trauma that you've experienced in your life or is it a bit of both um
1: now that I'm older I think it's a form of healing but at the same time because I'm a little angry feminist I think it's also a medium of creating opportunities for activism Mm. especially for for you know causes that doesn't doesn't necessarily get discussed or talked about as much. But even if I if I take the second bit away, I think definitely because I'm trying to get into art therapy as a medium of um exploring art. I definitely think it's but you know, I mean I think about I think about people who create art, right? Without necessarily people just create art because they can. I think art can be used to escape but I think with expression comes healing and that is one way or one of the things that art can do and I think art can do so much there's so much that art can do
0: totally and that actually leads perfectly into my next question which was uh, that idea of art as a form of protest so can you talk to us a little bit more about that about how you how you use art as a form of activism.
1: A few different ways. So one of them is I think of art in the form of social inclusion,
0: Mm.
1: essentially coming up with a concept or a theme or an idea which people can relate to or certain groups of people can relate to. So that could be in a sense of, um, I guess, a safe space for queer young people, for example. And, It is as simple as that. So we know that by allowing opportunities for social inclusion, people who are particularly, I mean, people in general, but specifically people from minority groups, when allowed to connect with other people, the rates of self-harm and suicide does tend to reduce. And that to me is... Art in the form of activism, because it is it is a creative idea, and all all you are allowing by executing that idea is giving space to someone through creative means, and that to me is art. That to me is you know you can call it group facilitation or you know anything that fits for that space, but it's essentially validating someone's experience and um, allowing them space to basically tell them that, you know, hey, I see you, I care for you, come let's hang out with other people like us. So that's one.
0: How does that actually look when you're, you know, whatever the label is, whether you're facilitating or co-creating with the the people that you're working with, what does it actually look like? So is it is it just any any form of expression or is there like some parameters around what you create or what they create how does it how does it actually look
1: i think for different people it can look with what like whatever they want it to look like for me i think for me speaking up and talking about my experiences automatically means that i'm taking space one and two i am validating anyone's experience of anything that I've experienced. So this could be across mental health. It could be across having a diverse sexuality. This could be across having a diverse gender. This could be about being a migrant, being a person of color. And I think, and I've seen this in action because I've seen myself being present in a room full of uh, people with privilege. So, I've seen myself being present in places, so let's just say white straight people. Yeah. Who have looked at the way I present. So I've if I'm if I have a dress on, if, got, if I've got long earrings, if I've got makeup on, I've seen visible disgust on their faces. I've seen and I've heard people scream slurs to me from across rooms. Um I've had people say things to me on my face. I'm very lucky that I've haven't necessarily faced physical violence, but there's this, you know, heaps of emotional and you know verbal abuse that you know I've experienced. And but at the same time and I think about that, right? And and I realize that, that that those experiences of people who don't who aren't really positive. I realized that this this is not about me. I think artivism for me is about them. It's about you. It's about you coming up and seeing me be present and taking space. And it's about all the insecurity and the discomfort that's coming up with you. And what that does to you and what that does to the collective just so that we create a better society, community, planet for um, us, but especially the younger generation. I think that's what it's about. It does awful things to people from minority groups. I'm lucky because I'm bold and I'm able-bodied and I can defend myself and I have heaps of extended chosen family that I can access every time I need support and security not a lot of people do and I know that you know like with me being present with me performing or people from minority groups performing and taking up space it does cause that disturbance but overall the idea is for everyone to challenge their own perspectives and I guess broaden them.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. So I wrote down two words, which I think kind of sum up the what you, what you're talking about here, and that is safe space. And it's come up a few times in the conversation so far. Is that you know feeling of safety? Mm. So do you feel like that that is what you're providing, and and that is what you're creating in the work that you're doing in the world? Is that place where people can be safe to express who they are?
1: I don't think I'm providing it as much as I am trying to create it. Yes, I love that. Yep. I am trying to, and when I can, I'm trying to role model that people with privilege can create safe spaces so that people without them, without privilege, can come into the safe space and use it as a brave space. Eat can be extremely tricky because often, while it is you know like I said, it is people with certain privileges uh, have to go through that process of dealing with the insecurity, dealing with their uh, discomfort. Yeah. Also, often people with within these minority, like you know, people from minority identities and groups and diversities. Also, go through a lot within these spaces, because, like I said, everyone is different, so like for example, no true trans person has the same journey.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: trans is just a word, and it's just a label that you know people use to best understand themselves and put it out there so that others can best understand,
0: yeah, so yourself. it really is about identifying. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, the identity piece, but it, it it is actually about like, yeah, like being able to identify someone um, and to see them for for what they are.
1: Yes, definitely. And to anyone listening, I don't want you to think that having privilege is a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I am a person of color and I'm trans, and like you know, I've, I've got at least three to four different intersections and. A lot of these things put me at risk, but I I am a person with privilege. I am bold. I am. I have a voice. I have a body that I can rely on. I live in a safe house. I've got a job, and I've, I've got so much privilege. And privilege is a good thing. It's just a problem when certain groups of people don't have the same amount as others do, and that's why you, as a person with privilege, should be angry.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) The least you can do is speak up. I'm, I'm, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. I don't expect you to go out there and you don't have to create safe spaces. You don't have to start a protest or, you know, don't want you to do anything besides speaking up. And I think that's an amazing start. And you can speak up to speak up for anyone like this. We have enough things going on. Just call to your Facebook. It's there. It's staring right at you.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. It so is. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And I, I guess, like, there's also this piece here about, uh, you know, with people with privilege, like myself, listening, you know, like mm. actually being open to having conversations. Because as a person with privilege, sometimes, and for me, for sure, I've felt this, I've, um, you know, I've been doing Colosophies now for um four years and make some noises, you know, I don't know, a few months in. But I've had some conversations that felt uh like left me feeling a little vulnerable. And to be honest, including this conversation, right? Because I'm not well I'm not as well versed as I would like to be when it mm. comes to trans issues and gender fluidity, I'm I'm kind of ignorant in a lot of ways. And I I don't want to be. I want to be able to listen and share these conversations um as a way of elevating voices of of all identities, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and that requires me as a person with privilege who doesn't want to get shit wrong to be vulnerable and allow myself to mm-hmm make mistakes and sometimes say the wrong things. And sometimes, you know, we don't know what we don't know when we have privilege. It's very hard to know what, you know, what we have because it's just our experience. So I feel like, um, you know, this is definitely an invitation to everyone out there to have open up conversations, you know, speak Mm -hmm. up for sure but also speak to, you know.
1: Mm. And that's that's such a good point because – it's it's interesting to me because often I will spend time with people. So, for example, like a friend of mine who is straight and white and male that I would have spent years and years, you know, with him, getting to know him. And because he's my friend, I automatically assume that he is well-versed with these issues. Yeah. I... Met someone who is leading or championing the uh, LGBTI initiative in one of um, Queensland's leading public services, and with both these individuals, I automatically, as you one, with for the first case, with my friend, because you're my friend, and two, because you're are uh, in this particular service and you're and you're queer yourself. And with both of them, I found out that they don't necessarily understand certain things within the queer community. Mm. And, and, you know, that's where I, like, you know, I think my advice would be, if you don't know something, I think that's totally fine. Asking someone respectfully
0: mm.
1: about something without being invasive is good, but do so only after you've looked it up you
0: know mm-hmm. um yeah because it's not it's this is this is a key point right because it's not it's not your responsibility to educate people mm. who people of privilege it's just not you know
1: <laughs> yeah i and i do get that but also i think i see i see myself as also because i don't necessarily know other people like me mm. so i don't and you know this could be just because you know of the of the world I live in. I just don't happen to know anyone else who is Indian and trans and non-binary and bisexual. And it's a social, like, you know, works in the homelessness space and has the experiences that I do. And that's what I'm trying to say to <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
1: And it's it's interesting that like, on one hand, it is, not my, it is not my objective to educate everyone, but also when I have the capacity and only when I have the capacity only I have the privilege of defining what my experience is, you know, and that's where I am inviting people to ask these questions as long as they're respectful and not invasive i am I am totally down for answering questions about who I am and what it's like and what it's like for other people who are similar to me wouldn't i wouldn't have responses that are specific to their experience but i can give you some general points around what not to ask at least (laughs) Um, and often what tends to happen as well right is because i have intensive experiences of being asked things or like you know experiences of uh, discrimination from people. So like, you know, for example, that could be from someone who's straight, that could be from someone who's white. Often the moment I see someone who's white, it, it becomes difficult for me to come from a place of kindness. So if, if you're listening to this and if you are a person with, who's queer, um, both with respect to your gender or sexual identity, uh, if you're a person of color, My only advice to you would be, it's okay. And obviously you have to consider your safety, which is number one. But number two, that person could be an ally. Mm, And sometimes you do not want to shut someone down before they have an opportunity to ask you a question. And looking at that person from a place of kindness and getting enough data to see if you know if they're homophobic and misogynist and sexist and transphobic and whatnot but get that data because some of the biggest movements have been made possible due to allies and we want that we want people in positions of power to to know what it's like so that you're not alone when you speak up you're not alone when you're suffering you're not alone when you're isolated Yes, so, and hence I'm always, always down for people to ask me questions.
0: I love that. So, what what do you feel is in the future for you?
1: Oh, with respect to what?
0: <laughs> with respect to the work that you do in the world, and um, you know, where where do you where do you see yourself heading?
1: Mm, that's such a good question. I don't know because I am.
0: Have you got I a, don't know. Have you got a book in you? Because <laughs> no, I'd love to read it. <laughs>
1: Oh, sorry. Um like, uh, I don't know, it could be good to, it'd be always good to have a book written, <laughs> published without need to do the work. Uh, <laughs> um, that's tricky. Um so I'm just gonna answer, I guess, in terms of my art. Because hmm. I think in terms of I guess I would love to have a paying job for art or to create movements. So if you're listening and you have a job to offer, please, please let me know. Um uh at the moment, I think I want to, when I look at Brisbane, often people, because people from the queer community have the biggest migration rate to big cities in the world. Wow. So the biggest group of people who migrate in the world happen to be queer. Um,
0: wow, really?
1: Yeah, and so what tends to happen is with with, this, with Australia, I guess, a lot of People tend to move to Melbourne and Sydney. I am very lucky at the moment to know some really amazing, hardworking, passionate people from Brisbane Square community. And in the next couple of years, I want to I want to get their help, I want to support them, create whatever it is that they're working on to make Brisbane a better more inclusive space for the queer community, especially young people, just so that they, you know, because if the moment that happens, you know, with respect to art, with respect to employment, housing, access to healthcare and access to uh, spaces that are um, accessible to the disabled community or people living with disabilities, I think that's what that I that I think that's what I want and that's what I will be working on in the next 18 to 24 months.
0: I love it. I'm so grateful for you to yeah, connect with me and share your truth and your story. It's been an absolute privilege. So thank you. I love, you know what I love? I love the word privilege, right? <laughs> because there are, there are, there are a couple of different, um, you know, there's a couple of different flips to it, right? There's privilege mm. in the way of me being a white woman, um, mm. a, well, a straight white woman, and there's privilege in, you know, I'm privileged to be able to share this space with you. So, mm. um, so privilege does work. You know, can work in wonderful ways.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's what I want to get the word out. I think it's great if you're straight. I think it's great if you're white and able bodied and
0: cisgendered. I don't. And, and use that, use that power that you have, you know? I think straight people, it's not an attack. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Absolutely. 100%. And I feel like, um, you know, not that, not that there's a duty or a responsibility, but so often, I mean, I work with, um, particularly women who, have a lot of privilege and have so much fear about being because as a, as a white woman, we also are in some respects lacking privilege. So, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so yeah, like our, you know, our voices need to be shared uh, and there is a lot of fear around that with, with particularly women, fear of getting things wrong, fear of, uh, you know, being judged, all those kind of things come up. So it it's not a duty or a responsibility, but but if you are a particularly a white, straight woman who wants to step up in the world in some meaningful way, then we really have to acknowledge that we do have this privilege and we can use it. And I guess that's what the invitation is today, is to use what privilege you have in order to create a world that you want to live in. Yes, so
1: they One of the really transformative books that I've read on on this topic is, I'm sure you might know of it, it's called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Um, And it's by an author by the name Benny Edo-Lodge, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race.
0: I love that.
1: And no matter who you are, no matter what your racial, ethnic, or national identity is, I think it's definitely something you should read, just because of the of the areas it touches on. Um, it talk it talks to not only it not only talks about people of color, but also addresses white people and just to be better allies. And it's it's such a good book.
0: I will. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes. So why I am no longer talking to white people about race? Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sean. I've so loved chatting to you. It's been such thank a privilege, you. as I said. And uh, yeah, keep showing up in the world as your beautiful, messy self. It's perfection. Thank <laughs> a you masterpiece. So much. I
1: really appreciate you.
0: No worries. Bye. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> See ya. And that's a wrap. Go to com to find ways to connect to your creativity. And live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some noise.